Tonight I'm going to preach to you from the book of Exodus chapter 25. The book of Exodus chapter 25. I want the Lord to help us in this place. There is so much that could be preached uh, out of this chapter. It was amazing as uh, Brother Pulliam began to speak tonight how the Lord confirms things in your heart. And uh, I didn't know that they were going to be here. And I didn't know that he was going to testify. And I didn't know that he was going to testify about the cherubim on the Ark of the Covenant. And I love how the Lord speaks. Amen. In Exodus, the 25th chapter, the Lord is giving directions to Moses on how to lay out the tabernacle and uh, specifically all of the furniture that's in the tabernacle. But I want to deal specifically, if I could tonight, uh, with some things to do with the Ark of the Covenant. Now, I'm going to try to stay uh, in the shallow end of the pool for a little bit here and preach to you some things that I feel like God has for us. I want you to tell somebody tonight, it is the will of God that we keep on moving. I don't want this church to be a sitting duck in 2022. I don't want your family to be a sitting duck. I don't want us to be standing still. I believe it's the will of God for us to have momentum that we've carried out of last year into this year. And to keep on moving. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Verse number 10 of Exodus 25. And they shall make an ark of shittim wood. Two cubits and a half shall be the length. And the cubit and a half breadth thereof. The cubit and a half the height thereof. Thou shalt overlay it with pure gold within and without. Shalt thou overlay it. And thou shalt make upon it a crown of gold round about. Verse 12. Thou shalt cast four rings of gold for it. Somebody shout four rings. Put them in the four corners thereof. Two rings shall be on one side and two rings on the other side. Thou shalt make staves of shittim wood and overlay them with gold. Thou shalt put the staves into the rings by the sides of the ark, that the ark may be born with them. This is an important word, born. That means it's not going to stay in one place. The Lord commands Moses to put rings on the Ark of the Covenant. And there was a reason for the rings. The rings were put there because as they looked out their tent doors toward that tabernacle in the wilderness, there was a cloud by day that was suspended over that tabernacle and there was a pillar of fire by night that hung over that tabernacle. And the idea was when the cloud moves, we move. But I want to be sure, and I'm just going to stop right there with the Ark of the Covenant. But everything that he built in there, he built so that it was movable. He put a plan together. And he told the children of Israel and the priesthood, he said, I want you to make my tabernacle to a place that when my glory moves, you can move with it. I don't believe it's the will of God for his church to stand still. Do you? Amen. Let's put our Bibles down and ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, we honor your great name. We praise you according to your excellent greatness. We praise you according to your mighty acts. Lord, we've praised you tonight on instruments. We've praised you on high-sounding cymbals and loud-sounding cymbals. Tonight, Lord, we want your word that's forever settled in heaven to begin to shake this house and move through this house. 
Let your word go forth with clarity, God. Let it find fertile soil. And let the seed of the word of God be planted there. That we would bring forth good fruit in our season. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And let the church say amen. Amen. Would somebody in this house give the Lord a high praise right now for his word? Come on, let's thank him. May the Lord richly bless you tonight. You may be seated in the matchless name of Jesus. Praise God. The Lord, Bishop, you got a friend there. Come here, baby doll. Come here to pastor. You're all right. Come on. That's sweetheart. Ain't she pretty? We love you, baby. Oh, we love this family. Thank God. Amen. Every time I look back there on that row, Cody, I thank God for your granddaddy and grandmother being in this church. Amen. Praise God. That little baby you just saw is going to be a fourth generation apostolic. Come on, somebody. Woo! I want our babies to be raised in a church on the move. Praise God. I'm thankful to be a part of a living church. I'm thankful to be a part of a moving organism that's breathing and living. I don't want to be a part of a dead church. I don't want to be a part of a sit-down church. I want to be a part of something that's moving and working in the earth. I thank God that I'm a one God apostolic Jesus name preacher. I'm thankful that I'm in a church that still believes in the fire of the Holy Ghost. I'm glad to be an apostolic tonight. I'm glad to be in an aisle-running church. I'm glad to be in a foot-stomping church. I'm glad to be in a devil-chasing church. I'm glad, I'm glad to be in a dancing church tonight. The church is alive and well. I was in a conversation the other night with Pastor Terry Long from Lawrence, and we were talking about uh, the kingdom and how the dynamics have changed so much over the last two years or so uh, with all of this craziness that's happened in the earth. And he said, bro, let me tell you something that's happening. He is over uh, a program called Church in a Day where United Pentecostal Church goes into a community where there's a uh, home missions church. They're planting a church. And they, they get everything in order, uh, all of the permits, all everything's in order. And uh, when they come in, the walls are built and set up ready to go. They, they pour the foundation. Then they bring in all the contractors and prepare the way. And uh, they'll build a church, literally, in one single day. They stand the walls up, plummet, wiring, everything, get it done. And usually the plan is they come in and start in their midweek, get it ready, and then they have church in there that weekend. But this is what he said to me. He said, bro, the dynamics have been changing. He said, since COVID hit, he said, there are so many denominal churches that are closing down. He said, we started going into communities and just buying buildings for next to nothing because churches. He, he named one denomination, and he said, brother, he said, I want to tell you, He said, we reached out to them, and he said, they actually have 
an abolishment committee that the only thing the committee does in their entire organization is they come together to figure out how to properly close the church down in a community and sell the building. I said, dear God, it sounds like an idea. Let's submit that to, uh, to Brother Bernard and Brother Carpenter. Let's start telling them that we want to figure out how to shut a church down. I'm going to tell you right now, it says something about the way we feel about the body of Christ when we start forming committees on how to shut a church down. I want to tell you about the church of the living God. I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We've got no abolishing committee. The church is on its way up. We're not slowing down. We're not stopping. We're not quitting. The church has got momentum, and we're having revival. And I don't know who's watching tonight, so i got to be careful. But I told him, I said, my God, Brother Long, I said, you're speaking to my heart right now. I said, because God's about to give us a school. God's about... I said, there's a building we've been praying about, and I need that building to close down. I need him to shut the doors, because we're going to have an apostolic school and our daycare in that building. I've come to tell the enemy tonight, he does not make the rules. The church is on the move, and we're headed up. I'm not going to stand back and listen to the narrative of the enemy that says the church is dying. I believe the church is alive and well. You listen to what I'm telling you tonight. I believe it sure as I'm breathing. That all these churches that are going to close down. They're filled with good Cornelius people. That have had an experience but they need something a little deeper. I'm saying to you tonight go ahead and close the doors. I'm about to make some good apostolics. Out of some Baptists and Meth. I'm about. We're about to see heaven come down. I can't wait to baptize our pastor. I can't wait to baptize the Sunday school superintendent. I can't wait to baptize them in the name of Jesus. I'm saying tonight, give us that mountain. Give us that mountain. The church is on the move. I wish I could do, the, do justice to the story that my granddad used to tell when he was pastoring in Urania, Louisiana and the Baptist preacher told him he said, Brother Bingham he said, you keep taking our saints well here's the problem folks the enemy thinks he's closing the church down but he's not, he's just shut a few buildings down some time ago we had a man come into this church. He came up to me and he said, Brother, he said, I know you don't know me, but he told me what church he went to in this town. He said, uh, since COVID hit, they've kept the doors closed. He said, I, hadn't been, I haven't been in church. He said, the only thing I'm asking you for is your permission to just come here till my church opens. I said, yes, sir. You just come right on in here till your church opens. 
He came on in here for a few weeks. And it was about two or three weeks later, he came up to me and said, What about this baptism in Jesus' name? I said, brother, let me tell you, there's not salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I said, brother, if you've never been baptized in the saving name of Jesus, I'd love to baptize you. He said, let's do it. Shortly after that, his job moved him. He moved out of town, went out of town. I hadn't talked to him in a while, but last time I talked to him, he was going to the apostolic church in that community. Hey, I want to just tell you, I just want to say this tonight. I don't know who's going to hear this, but if your church is still shut down and you're, you're still not having church, I want to welcome you to a church. You just come on over for a little while. We drove by a church here in town the other day. Now, I'm just talking foolish tonight because I believe in it. I believe in kingdom talk. We drove by a big old church building the other day. My wife said, man, I sure wish that was ours. I said, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Folks, I'd like to welcome you to our youth chapel. We may just have to use this building right here for a youth chapel and for a school chapel. Because there is a harvest that's here. It's not coming. The harvest is here. And the church is on the moon. If you're looking for a dead, dried up church, you're in the wrong house, honey. I still believe in the delivering power of Jesus' name. I still believe that devils can be cast out. I God, I feel him here right now. The church is on the move. Pastor, I don't know why you push so hard. I don't know why you preach so hard. I don't know why you push us to pray and fast so hard. Because I'm not interested in stopping. I'm not interested in sitting down. I'm not interested in backing up. I've claimed revival in this city. I've, de I've declared revival in this city. And we're going to see revival. see religious traditions broke in this city I don't care how many southern gospel videos they sell they don't have the power that the apostolic church has if people aren't getting delivered healed sanctified and set free it's not the church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against we need apostolic demonstration Somebody shout yes. yes. Woo! I ain't standing still. There's something about kingdom advancement. It'll make you shout. I said it'll make you shout. It'll make you dance. 
It'll make you run. It'll make you lose your mind. And by that, I don't mean get out of order. I mean an old way of thinking, an old way of doing things. When you start losing your mind and taking on his mind, it changes everything about your life. The Bible said that Samuel came to Jesse's house and there he would find the king that was going to rule Israel after Saul. There was something that was happening in the heart of Saul that the anointing that was upon him was not going to last for a long time. And the Bible said that all of uh, Jesse's sons walked before the prophet Samuel. And he looked at Jesse and he said, is there really none other? He said, I feel like God spoke to me. The Lord spoke to me and said that this is where the king would come from but everything we've interviewed here today doesn't have kingship written on it he said well i do have one more boy but he's out in the in, in the shepherd's field and he's taking care of my sheep and i love i love i love what the prophet said he said well then go send for him and we will not sit down until he comes the prophet said if the king's coming we're going to stand up right here and we're going to stay on the move I'm not going to sit down until the king comes somebody shout yes the way of God has always been movement, momentum forward that's the kingdom of God that's the way it works I've preached it many times through the years as a principle to understand the culture of God and His creation that every day He makes today what tomorrow will need. He does not make it ahead of schedule. He's a God of order. It's always moving in the right direction. God doesn't make on day two what He needs on day two until day one is completed and everything that day two is going to need, it's going to happen on day one. What I'm saying to you is don't you worry about tomorrow and don't you worry about how God's going to do it. You just keep on moving and know that God's going to provide everything for you today that you need for tomorrow. It's the way of the wicked to sit down and stop moving. What, 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 do you, what do you mean, Pastor? Psalms, the first chapter. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Watch this. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way. Somebody shout the way. The way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. He said there's something about a godly man. And if there's something about a godly man, then that means the antithesis of that, the opposite of that would be an ungodly man. If the godly man, the blessed man, does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, that means that an ungodly man would. And I want you to watch the way of the transgression. He said he walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Stands in the way of the sinner. 
sits in the seat of the scornful. He said when they're standing still, they're moving backwards. He said a godly man is going to keep moving in the kingdom of God. Even when his roots are planted by the rivers of living water, there's going to be living water flowing. And there's going to be fruit on his tree. I'm telling you tonight that the wicked, this very hour right now, are walking in the counsel of the ungodly. And they're standing in the way of the sinner. And they're sitting in the seat of the scornful. But the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he can't get it off of his mind when he wakes up. And he can't get it off his mind when he lays down. Before anything great or small moves, it requires momentum. If you don't believe, if you don't believe it, you ain't never seen somebody that's stuck trying to get up out of a recliner. You watch now. That momentum starts to work a little bit. I've seen it many times. I sat the other day, and I'm not making fun, not really. I sat the other day in the barber shop. And I was sitting there talking to this guy I knew from the golf course years ago, Brother Stephen. You'd know him if I told you who it was. They came out and they called his name. They called him by name. They had him a cane out here, but he got comfortable in his chair. They called him by name. He was still trying to talk to me. He said, you know, you know, you know. Uh, he got to moving a little bit like that. Before long, he got up a little bit more. A little bit more. And the next big move, he got right up on that cane. He got to moving. And I thought, now, there may be some folks that make fun of that. But I'd fall over dead if somebody did that in church. <laughs> Sat there all them, all them years, acting like they're apostolic. Acting like God did something for them, but they sit there and look like they've been baptized in pickle juice. Hey, sometimes... The Lord just needs to know you're alive. And even if you don't like the song. He's not my favorite preacher. But God is still worthy. Hey, I'm not going to sit down. I'm going to keep on moving. Because the church is on the move. Well, I'm embarrassed because I can't worship like I used to. Then worship like you can. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Serve Him with gladness. Uh, give me Psalm 34 tonight. I will bless the Lord at all times. And His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Even when I'm old. He... When I can't worship the way I used to, his praise shall continually be. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Come on, I'm issuing the challenge right now. The church is on the move. If you can't do anything but tap your foot, baby, tap your foot. If you can't do anything but clap your hands, then clap your hands with all your might. I wish somebody get a little helicopter anointing on you tonight.
Come on, you young men better never let all run and die in this church. How bless the Lord. I know some folk, folk look at you and wonder why in the world you worship the way you do. But if you had known me before I knew him, you'd understand why I worship the way I do. Somebody ought to praise him tonight. That you're not slumped over some bar stool in a honky tonk somewhere. Somebody ought to give him praise tonight. That you're not strung out on drugs with a needle hanging out of your arm. He that the Son has set free is. You know why I like momentum in the church? Because a moving target's hard to hit. I don't like them testimonies that said, well, the devil's been on my back all week. Blessed be his name. I like those kind that say the devil tried this week, but he couldn't catch up with me. Because every time he'd start pushing, I'd run to the prayer room. Every time. God, I feel him here right now. The devil tried this week, but he tried on Saturday night. And when I got up on Sunday morning, I had my mind set on Jesus. And I made my way to the house of God. The devil can't hit a moving target. Somebody shout amen or oh me. You may be seated if you so wish. You can stay right there. You ain't hurt nobody. The way of the unrighteous is slowing down. The way of the unrighteous is standing still. Well, you know what, Pastor? I think you need to read the Bible a little bit more because the Scripture said stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Boy, I'm so glad you brought that up. I love theologians and apologists. Tell you what happened. God's never been into standing still. You hear me? When the children of Israel left Egypt, they came to the Red Sea. And I wish I had time to preach about this tonight. The Bible tells us that quickly the Egyptians started gaining ground behind them. And if you go back and read the story, the Exodus, the 14th chapter. The scripture said that immediately when the enemy started coming up against them that they felt forsaken. And they started asking God foolish questions like I have before. Nobody in here is above asking silly things. Because it's easy to get desperate. I've asked God why he didn't heal people. I've asked God why we went through what we went through. But I realize after I come through it he's been forming my character. And teaching me what I need to be sometimes. He's got to knock some rough edges off of me to get me where I need to be to do something in his kingdom. 
And there's something about understanding the sovereignty of God that makes your life so much easier to live when you understand that you can't fix it and you can't change it and you can't eliminate it and you couldn't turn it around if you had all the power in the world. God is sovereign and he knows what we don't know. He's a God that sits high and he looks low. He's above the trouble. He's above the trial and he sees what we can't see. The best thing to do is just trust God and let God be God. So they, they, they start feeling forsaken. They start pacing back and forth. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? They start asking dumb questions. I say that respectfully. <laughs> God just wants us to die here? Did you bring us out here because there's not enough graves in Egypt? I want you to think about the questions they start asking. They immediately resort to the idea that they're going to die. There's a spirit of fear that's been gripping the hearts of people for a long time. And I want to tell you, there may be some stuff that's medically real about what's going on, but I want to tell you what's not of God. That's a spirit of fear. I talked to a man this week. I won't tell you who it was. He said to me, he said, man, I was sitting there. I know this sounds gross. He said, but I had a, I had a booger in my nose and I, I couldn't. Take a deep breath. And he said, when I couldn't get a deep breath through my nose, the first thing I thought was, oh, no, I got it. You hear me when I tell you? That voice will talk to you in the middle of the night. Three years ago, it would have been a bad cold to you, but now you get a cold. You're like, oh, God. Oh, what am I going to do? You listen to me. It's an intentional move from the enemy. It is a spirit of fear. And I'm going to keep preaching against it like I have for the last two years. I stand against every spirit of fear. And I command that voice to be silenced. I shall live and will not die. I will live and declare the wonderful works of the Lord. I don't know what time I started. It's the beginning of this year. I felt like when we took communion, I need to give the Lord a few days. I took communion. And then when I, I left here after communion, I didn't, I didn't eat again for several days. And about the third day, maybe, somewhere in there, about the third day of my fast, Lauren woke up in the middle of the night and uh, she had a cold or whatever, I don't know. And she walked into the bathroom. My two older girls share a Jack and Jill bathroom upstairs. So you can kind of like lay on Lauren's bed, see through the bathroom, and see Grayson's room. Lauren walked into the bathroom. She walked up to the sink. They got double sinks. And Grayson said, next thing she knew, she looked over there and Lauren just did like it, never closed her eyes. She just collapsed, fell out on the floor. She was up there smacking. If I'm lying, they can fix it. She said she was up there smacking her in the face. She wouldn't get up. 
So she turned on the sink, started throwing cold water in her face. She woke up. Well, the next morning, instead of telling me that night, <laughs> with all the love I can say at my two dumb kids, <laughs> waited to tell me that Lauren had passed out on the floor. So I got a little stirred up, not at them. I got a little stirred up. And I went down to that living room. I said, God, we're praying and fasting. We got sick people in this church. It's all going to go away. It's all going to be all right. I said, but this ain't about to come in my house. Woo! I just felt that old angel give me a nudge in here. I feel something moving. That next night, very next day, Jocelyn went and got in the bathtub. She got out of the bathtub, wasn't feeling real good, got out of the bathtub. Had her little towel on. She's very modest. She usually don't walk in our bedroom like that. My wife and I were laying in the bed, and she came in with a little towel on. And she said, Mommy, I feel like I'm about to. And she just <laughs> fell out on the floor. Two nights in a row. Completely different things. Perfect oxygen. Weren't coughing, hacking, nothing. Just fear. We jumped up out of the bed. My wife grabbed Nene and walked her into the bathroom. She said, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm. She got to the bathroom door. She started down, just about took my wife down. with. My wife just stopped her from hitting her head on the corner of the sink. And I heard my wife in there, Jocelyn, 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 Jocelyn. And I started having flashbacks to the day that my wife had bled out to death on the floor at my mother and daddy's house when she had lost that baby. And I felt that spirit of fear come on me. And just as soon as that spirit of fear got on me, brother, I felt the Holy Ghost. I feel it in here right now, too. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm about to bow up on some fear in here tonight. I reached down and grabbed that little girl by the ankle. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command every spirit of infirmity to leave this house. My, my wife looked at me. I said, baby, I think we got the devil stirred up. But I walked straight from there. She was all right. She was moving and talking. I went in the living room. I said, I command every spirit of infirmity, every spirit of COVID, every spirit of fear, every spirit of sickness to leave my house right now. The blood of Jesus is on this house. The word of God is it's on my door. I command you to go now. I'm not going to bow down to a spirit of fear. I'm going to tell you why it's happening. Because we're not intimidated. And we're not going to be intimidated. And we're not going to stand back and be intimidated. We're going to keep on moving. The gates of hell shall not prevail. I want to tell y'all something. This is not spiritual warfare. 
What's he going to do next? What's the devil going to do next? This is not spiritual warfare. This is fear. Somebody needs to pick up that shield of faith. Quit hiding behind. Oh, God. Quit hiding behind that thing and say, I'm not about to stand here and let the devil whoop on my family and let the devil whoop on my children. I'm about to storm the gates of hell because the gates of hell cannot prevail against my family. Can I preach to you just a few more minutes? They got their back against the wall, literally. The enemy's pushing them. There's a Red Sea in front of them. And they're questioning God. And Moses stands up, opens up his mouth. Exodus 14, 13. Moses said to them, Fear ye not. God, I wish somebody would get this tonight. Fear not. Stand still. See, Pastor, sometimes the will of God is for us to just stand still. Let me preach to you. God ain't in the standing still business for the sake of standing still. You need to know what your Bible says. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show you. He's going to show you right now for the Egyptians whom you have seen. Oh, God. I'm about sick of the stuff I've been seeing today. And it's going to be all right with me if I don't see it tomorrow. You hear me when I tell you, Bishop and I were discussing this yesterday, driving down the road, and I believe it. I believe there is so much more spiritual to what's going on than we understand. I believe that we can cast this thing off and cast it out. Come on. And I command that spirit of fear that's been pressing you. What you have seen today, you will not see tomorrow. Won't you listen? The Lord said through Moses, He said, I want you to tell them, stand still and see. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I gotta hurry, or I'm never gonna get done. He said, I want you to you, I want you to tell them to stand still in obedience. I want them to stand still in obedience because I am about to show you something. The words stand still in the Hebrew. Is the word Yotzab. This word Yotzab is very interesting in its primitive root. Because it does not mean to just stand there because. The word Yotzab actually means to be placed or positioned. God have mercy. He said I know right now you're looking at a Red Sea in front of you. And he said you're looking behind you and you're seeing Egypt chasing you down. 
He said, but I want you to tell the people that I am about to position them. <laughs> I want you to tell the people, Yotzov, I am about to position you to where you can see the miraculous. You are not standing here so that you can be caught up with the spirit of fear. You are standing here so that you can be positioned to be delivered. If the Lord's telling you to stand still, what he's saying to you is, I'm about to position you to see the salvation of the Lord. Come on, we need some faith in this house tonight. We're about to position where fear cannot touch you. I'm about to position you that what you're looking at, you're about to walk through it. I'm about to position you that what you're looking at in front of you, you're about to put behind you. Come on. I'm about to position you. Stand still. You know what stand still meant? It meant hold on just a second and watch this. I'm about to put you somewhere where you can see better from there what I'm doing. Sometimes you got to go through some things to have a better perspective of what you're about to see God do. Because God cannot undo what you have not been through. But I'm just about ready for some doctors to start looking at what some of you have been through. And say, we don't know what happened. We know what's on the x-ray. We know what's on the scan. We know what the test says. But God is positioning you for a miracle. It's going to happen. Come on. You don't have to wait on pastor tonight. Step out into the water and wait out a little deeper. You don't need any music right now. There's a yacht sob about to happen. God's about to stand some of you in a position of breakthrough. Come on. Let's believe God in here right now. Pastor, I'm good. I don't need anything. I'm all right. Then stretch your hands of faith towards somebody that does obey the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command every spirit of fear to me. Come on, we're on the move tonight. We're not going to stand still and claim sickness. We're going to position ourselves to claim healing. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. And the truth is not in him. The devil is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Come on, church family. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of seeing things not seen. Somebody help me believe God tonight.
Come on, open up your mouth and declare it tonight. I was talking to a precious brother the other night. He told me he got sick a couple weeks ago. Tested positive. He said family started calling him saying, Dad, you're going to die. Dad, you tested positive, you're going to die. You're, you're, you're not healthy enough to do this. He said, let me tell you something. You hear me when I tell you tonight. His name is greater and his blood is more powerful. Uh, I will not fear the arrow by day. I will not fear the terror by night. My God, I feel something up in here trying to break out in this house. This is not time for us to just stand around and see what God's going to do next. God wants to do something in you tonight. God wants to do something in you tonight. God wants to put a spirit of boldness on you. That you can start to look this demonic spirit of fear in the eyes and command it to be silenced and to leave you and to leave others. Let me just remind you of something tonight. The gates of hell shall not prevail. But let me remind you of this tonight. Gates don't move. Are you hearing me? Come on, I've preached this for years in this church. Gates don't move. That means that gates aren't attacking us. We're storming gates. Gates don't move. The Lord gave us permission. He said, storm the gates of hell and you're going to win. Gates are not coming against you. He said, you're not going to hide behind your shield. You're going to pursue your enemy and you shall recover all. I command in the name of Jesus for a spirit of boldness to rest on the first Pentecostal church. And I command every spirit of fear to go. We will walk in dominion this year. Jesus. Some of you have already faced it. My family's going to starve to death, Pastor. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Come on, somebody. I'm not preaching to you Pentecostal rhetoric. I'm preaching the Word of God. I've never seen his seed begging bread. But what if they take my job? What if God gives you a better job? What if God's pushing you to open your own business and wants to bless you because you've been a tither and you've been a giver? I feel it in here tonight. Mm. God opened doors. Effectual doors for businesses to come open. God, make these people creative in their sleep. Come on. If you want to receive it, receive it. Speak to them at night, God, when they're laying in bed. Give us visions and dreams, Lord, of how we can better finance the kingdom of God and revival in the land and globally.
God's about to set some of us free in this place. We're not going to walk in fear this year. We're going to step out by faith and God's going to do mighty things through your hands, through your feet, through your mouth. Yeah, but the devil told me, Pastor, that if I stop right there, I don't need to know anything else. Every word that comes out of his mouth is a lie. Here's what I want to tell you tonight. Everything he said, you can count on the exact opposite. And if he told you it was over, that means God's just getting started. My, my. I'm in a tough place, Pastor. I've only got a few days and then I'm going to have to find somewhere else to live and I can't find it. Let God help you. Come on. I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. There's a special kind of faith in this place tonight. Uh, I feel the Holy Ghost. He caught up behind. Let's feel after the Lord right here. I'm not going to get in any hurry right here. Come on, somebody lift your hands and your heart towards heaven right now. Like a mighty rushing wind, let it blow through this house. God, I release confidence on your people tonight. I release confidence on your people tonight. To walk in their God-given dominion and authority as children of God. (laughs) Every spirit of fear and intimidation. We bind it by the name of Jesus and the power of the blood of Jesus. Mm. Mm. I wish somebody would pray in the Holy Ghost tonight. There's no telling what God's going to do in this room right now. Prayers that are being prayed in the Holy Ghost in this room right now are going outside the four walls of this church. I believe in more than just hype and emotionalism tonight. I believe in letting the spirit of faith operate in the body of Christ. We got too many people that have given up on the girl. They've joined in with the mourners that are gathered around the, the girl's bed saying it's over, it's over, it's over. But there's a spirit of faith that's crying out in this church tonight. They're saying she's not dead, she's only asleep. I'm challenging somebody tonight to get up and walk away from the mourners and to join hands with the master who's saying I believe there's still life in this thing. I believe there's still some life in this thing. I speak life in the name of Jesus.
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Right now as it is in heaven, Lord, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God, I feel you leading me. I just don't know what I'm going to do after that first step. Sometimes you got to take the first step before the second one is revealed. You got to walk by faith and not by sight. Come on, I'm pushing somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight. I feel it. I felt it when I walked in here. There's some people standing at the edge of decisions saying, God, we've been feeling you lead us. We've been feeling you pull us, but we don't know what to do next. You've got to walk by faith. I'm going to ask you a question tonight, and I don't want some rhetorical answer. But if you really believe it tonight, I want to know, do you believe he's a way maker? If he's ever failed you, let me see your hand. If you believe he's never going to, let me see your hand. What have I to fear? What have I to dread? Leaning on. I have blessed peace. With my Lord so dear. God, I feel it blowing across this room right now. Oh, I'm leaning. Think about what you're singing right now. Oh, I'm leaning. Mm. Doors are coming open tonight. Doors are coming open tonight. I believe it in the name of Jesus. Doors are coming open tonight. Some of you need to pray for discernment right now because you've been trying to push a door open that the Lord has closed. It's time to leave the door closed and keep on moving. We got to keep on moving because there is an open door that's coming with just a few more steps of faith. It may feel like it's darkness in the hallway right now, but when the door comes open and the light is shed, you're going to know that you have waited on the Lord and he has heard your prayer. Every door that you have stood and pushed on that would not come open, God's about to make it a memory for you. And you're going to and you're going to see clearly that you have waited on the Lord and he has opened the door. Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. I'm praying for that one right now that's 
in that in-between stage, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Come on, I'm reaching for you. I believe, but help my unbelief. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I, I really, there's part of me that really wants to believe, but I'm struggling with some things. Come on, we're going to be transparent. Pastor, I believe God can, but there's a part of me that's struggling in my faith. That's it. Come on. God's about to bless your honesty and transparency in this place. Come on, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief if you're here. That's all right. Come on. Ain't nobody watching you. Come on, open up that mouth right now. Just begin to declare your humanity. God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I trust you. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I trust you. Woo! I'd rather walk and die trusting you, God, than to live in unbelief. Church, God's trying to position us to a place where we believe the word of God. I'm not saying this in some hyperbolic way tonight. I mean this as sincerely as I can. The end time church is either going to take God at his word or we're going to believe that he's going to fail us before this thing is over. You're looking at a man who believes with every breath that's in my body tonight, every ounce of strength that I have, all things work together for our good. If you've been called according to his purpose, he's working for your good tonight. Hallelujah. Oh. I've been asking God to move the mountain pastor and the mountain hadn't moved. Then start climbing. If it ain't his will to move the mountain, then he's going to walk with you. But while you're walking up the front of the mountain, there may be a ram walking up the backside of the mountain coming to your thicket. You'll never know as long as you stand at the bottom saying, okay, God, move it, move it, move it. If the mountain's not moved, that means you're about to get the strength to climb. Come on. The Holy Ghost is releasing some rams because somebody is going to get the faith to start climbing tonight. Hey, you got the strength to make the climb.
God, if we leave here without breakthrough tonight, it's not your fault. You have been reaching. God, your spirit is so powerful. Your presence is so rich. The authority of heaven has been released into this room tonight. Lord, you've given us keys to the kingdom. That whatsoever we should bind in the earth, it shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever we loose in earth, it shall be loosed in heaven. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, I loose health and healing and deliverance and strength and faith in this house. And I bind sickness. I bind viruses. I bind every disease. In the name of Jesus, I bind fear. I bind every spirit of doubt. God, let your spirit saturate us. Every spirit of intimidation may be cut off tonight by the authority of the word of God. We stand on your word. Hallelujah. If you know he's able tonight, would you just give God praise? Come on, if you know he's able, give God praise. You got to go beyond the hype tonight. You got to go beyond the hype of a Sunday night right now. God, we believe you can and we know you will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.